Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. everybody and welcome to a very very special episode of but am i wrong aka but am i watching (laughs) if you have not been keeping up and you're like what what is what is happening here so melissa and i have said that when things are going stressful or there's just like a lot of shit going on in the world Mm -hmm. and um we don't want to bring any more additional like negativity and bitching that's not fun 
you know what we do in that time? We we distract ourselves and we watch we film pivot. and TV. We fuck, pivot. We fucking pivot. pivot. And so on this episode, who knows how often we're going to do this, but you will know if you follow us on Instagram because we'll let you know every time. And if you listen to the episodes where we break down in a similar format to But Am I Wrong, a TV show or a movie, mm-hmm. some piece of content. And as you can tell, today's is the pilot of The Moors of Gilmore. <laughs> the Gilmore Girls. The Gilmore Girls. This is my first time watching this episode of the show because for some reason, every time I go to get my oil changed, it is always playing at the place that I get my oil changed. What side of town are you getting your oil changed on? Because like, I kind of like, it's maybe different that's where I places. switch to. <gasps> I've gone in because like, I have to go to where they service the, your car where they service my car. I just can't take my car to just any regular one because I have very specified, it's so annoying, very specified oil that goes into my car. And so they have to order it. So it's just easier just to go to the dealership. So I go to a Mopar place. But no matter, I've gone in Santa Monica, it's playing. I've gone in Glendale, it's playing. I've gone in maybe Studio City. All Mm -hmm. the fiat places around they're always playing fucking gilmore girls apparently fiat is a fucking gilmore girl stand <laughs> i'm loving that like imagine corporate being like okay so we this is the coffee we have at our little like curing stage like these are the things like we stock we do double ply toilet paper and we need the tvs gilmore girls constantly like my favorite mm-hmm. nail salons were the ones that would play friends all the time like specifically only friends and i was like i'm loving it and like this is just that was like the San Francisco ones like oh it was yeah. so fun I'll share my thoughts since you are yeah. a, a, a Gilmore girly is that what they call y'all <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I don't know like it's, I, there's there's a podcast of um I think there's a I think there's two podcasts I think there's a Gilmore guys podcast and a Gilmore gays podcast but I don't know if the the uh cis the heterosexual have. <laughs> if we have one <laughs> I don't know if we have a name well that's what i'm gonna name y'all okay i remembered as i was watching this why i refused to watch the show so there's a plethora of guesses i could have i don't you won't have this guess though i promise you so lauren graham was in this show called myob that was on nbc and they shot the pilots around the same time and so because of that, she had to pick which show she wanted to do. Yep. And so both shows were airing at the same time. And then she was like, I'm going to go with Gilmore Girls. So that other show that I saw four episodes of and really liked got <laughs> thrown by the wayside. And they even sh- they had shot four more episodes and they didn't air all of them, but they threw it out the wayside because she chose Gilmore Girls. And so that is why <laughs> a personal vendetta. <laughs> Yes, I get it. I get it. That I think also happened, but I don't think it was an actor's choice. I think the show didn't get picked up, but it was someone on Friends. It was like they were on another show and Mm -hmm. they still they like risked it, shot the pilot with them, like hope that the other show wouldn't get picked up. The other show ended up not getting picked up. And so then they could do it. But that's very fair. With New Girl, too. That's why Coach is only in the pilot. He comes back later, of course, but he picked mm. to do happy endings instead, which happy and that's actually that's another that's great show, show that you should watch. Like I think I started it. Same type of humor. It's a it's a little more dirtier. Like they they go yeah. a little further with the jokes, 
and great show. But that that's why I never got into this show, why I didn't start watching it, because I was angry. It's fair. She hurt you personally. Yes. I started watching it and I was like, this is fine. Leslie Linka Gladder is directed the pilot episode and she is a well-known director for television shows. Mm. She's won so many awards. So that gave me comfort as I was going into it. I was like, okay. I'm in good hands. Yeah. When they went to the restaurant Luke's, this whole yeah. time I thought that Luke was like one of Rory's boyfriends. So I was thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> Like, who is this old man with his receiving <laughs> yes. hairline that he is hiding by a baseball cap? <gasps> I have thoughts on that. I'll get to that later. Yep. Um, I, I thought that the setup of them being mother-daughter was, it worked on paper, but it didn't work on TV. And this is why. Because on TV, this is not an age gap. Like, this is a normal age gap. So it visually did not work. Because that's how on TV, you're usually 15 years older than your daughter. Yep. And yep. so that, yeah. What else? First Gilmore Girl, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel crossover was Alex uh, Bornstein carrying the harp. I saw that she actually was supposed to play Suki, yep. but she had conflicts. And so she yep. had turned it down. So I'm really happy when we watched Mrs. Maisel so you can see her character on there. That's what I'm looking forward to because I love her. Yeah. And she plays, I think she probably plays at least like five characters on Gilmore Girls. Yeah, it, it, I think it was three when I looked at three? it. Three? So, yeah. Yes, yes. But she is such a scene stealer. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, she's, and then I was like, oh, she's going to be in a lot of this. And I looked it up and I was like, no, she isn't. <laughs> so yeah, she's great. And she's on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She's like a, a she's like number two on the call sheet. Yep. So it's going to you're going to you're going to have a lot of fun with her. And if anybody was curious and you have um, if you're like, what else do I know her from? She does play the teacher like, oh, Sneaky Brown knows the hidden agenda. Gordo. She plays the principal slash teacher on the Lizzie McGuire movie. When oh, yeah. Family. Yeah. Yes. I do remember that, too. And then the second spotting is Kelly Bishop, who plays the mom, Emily. who is great great she's i thought this iconic yes she is um and then on mrs mazel she plays a matchmaker who doesn't come to like season four or five so unless you keep watching the show you're not going to see her but her character is awesome they in the new season that just dropped there's a wild ass plot that i'm like this woman is a genius <laughs> that she gets to play and i'm like what the fuck is this but it came wow. out of nowhere but it's great I thought the show really picked up when we got to the, mo the like meeting Emily. Yeah. But that reverse shot was so badly green screened. Which one? <laughs> when uh, uh, outside the house, Lorelai is at the house for the first time, like mm -hmm. negotiating everything. And they do the reverse on her from the house. It's not the same background that would have been at that house. And it's just like it doesn't match at all. I need to look back on that. So funny. My favorite line when they were talking about Chicago, when after Rory met that forgettable boy, um, but I guess sure, he's kind of lucky. The star is supernatural. Forgettable boy. That character is forgettable boy. I'm sure he's around for a minute, but whatever. And she's like, I forgot who said it, but it's like Wendy, Oprah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, I thought the meet cute was fine. Whatever. I like to miss Patty. Is she going to be around some more? Oh, she's con she's always around. Great. She's you'll Great. you'll love her. She is. Um, when I did my TikTok of breakdowns of political affiliations with Gilmore Girls, um, I said Miss mm -hmm. Patty votes for 
uh, whoever she thinks is the sexiest and she has had sex with Joe Biden or she's <laughs> attempted to have... No, no. She, I said that she has never had sex with Trump, but she has seen him naked and she would love to have sex with Joe Biden. But, you know, he's he's a little more buttoned up and she hasn't been able to weasel her way in there yet. That man, when they talked about Luke, when talking about him cleaning up to look better... I was like jump scare. Who what who who thought that he looked better like this? He looked hot with the hat on. Yeah. Yep. I was like, that that is a hot man. But then they were like, ooh, he cleans up nice. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Comb his hair forward. It was just a bad haircut for like I know that that man it, no, he's, no, he's, it's the hair. It's how they styled the hair. That's what I was gonna say. He never wears I was like, in no way in life does he wear his hair. Like that no. ever. No. St- they style his hair the way that he styles it on an everyday basis because that yeah. was not it. No, no. And then uh, just watching the credits later, I also saw Gingy Cohen in the credits and yep. she created Orange is the New Black. So I auditioned for her. And did she's you? like, yeah, she's ridiculously cool. Mm-hmm. I like love her. Well, I want to ask you some questions because these are some of the things that I personally have feelings about. And um, what did you think of the soundtrack? It was such CW of the time where they had actual soundtracks, you know, like they would be after the show was over, they'd be like, go buy this or go download this. I was like, I don't think that uh, the opening song, was it There She Goes? I don't think it matched. I don't think it I think it matched so well because it's nostalgic, like the parent trap, estranged families, estranged family TV show. I enjoy that song. I did not enjoy it in the spot that it was in. To be fair, I enjoy that song literally fucking anywhere it is. Like play it <laughs> at my wedding. I love I've I've such a soft spot for like nostalgic late 90s, early 2000s music that is like exclusively in rom-coms and like TV shows. Like that's my fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I listen to music at home, I'm like, tell that Echo device, I tell them to play 90s, 2000s pop music. So that's my go to. But and I do like this song, but I just it was too much, too much. Okay, I think it was too upbeat for what that first scene was. Okay, you know, (laughs) sure. Sure. Opinion. That's fine. It's my opinion. My opinion. You know, maybe we're going to have to watch now instead of fucking Real Housewives. Yes. Yes. I'll find like a golden. I already know which one we're going to watch. Okay. Oh my God, amazing. Keep going. Okay. Go into your hot take. Okay. My hot take is, okay, first of all, I'm going to start calling them Big Lorelai and Little Lorelai since I found out that they have the same last, uh, the same first name. And last name. Well, yes, that too. <laughs> so Big Lorelai. I know, like, they're setting her up for, like, you know, she's a go-getter. She pulled herself up from the bootstraps as a single mom, a single teen mom, I should specify. Um, Good for her. But. (laughs) Good for her. But here's the thing. Going to a private school is a privilege, and it shouldn't, like, be a privilege, but it is one. Going to an Ivy League is also a privilege. She knew when little Lorelai applied to this school that she could not afford it. Well, so that's exactly what that. I wrote down. <laughs> she yep. knew that she could not afford it. She 
knew that there was no way. And so here's the thing with people that come from privilege and pretend like they don't come from privilege. I know what my privilege is. And, you know, I have always wanted financial security from my parents. I have not taken things that they have offered to me because I don't need that linked on to me, like Mm -hmm. to use for things. I'm not saying they would, but there's the possibility. I never wanted like them to be like showing up my up at my house and being like, well, we bought this. And I'm like, no, thank you. But when you needed help. But I knew that if I and when I needed help, it would always be there. Lorelai knew the whole time where she was getting this money from. I don't need her to pretend like this was all I'm going to be able to come up with it. Did she apply for a scholarship at the school? Did they have a scholarship program? No. She knew the whole fucking time where she was getting this money from. And I don't need her to pretend like she didn't. I don't need her to when Suki's like, go ask your parents and then cutting them off, cutting Suki off. And I'm like, no, bitch, you knew where you were going. You knew you knew what the negotiation was going to be. I don't need you sitting on your Jeep looking melancholy like they're not spying on you already on the cameras you know what's happening so stop pretending i wholeheartedly there are pretty people that get into ivy leagues without going to a private school if she was as good of a student as they said that she was she could have got in she could have got in and she would have had a better essay (laughs) yeah she would have had a better essay do you know how like how much favoritism falls on white women because of affirmative action and then you've got the thing or how I was raised by my yep single teen mom we lived in a shed like yeah Yeah, like like, also their house I know I know y'all got some money I know you got some money from your mom I know you did so check your privilege big Lorelai no, Melissa, I know that you only watch the pilot, but check your privilege, little Lorelai. Like, this is the show. It's like a matriarchal show. It's about, like, generational trauma of, like, specifically of, like, women down to, like, other women. And they are all three constantly the victim of the, their circumstance. And, like, oh, my God, how did I end up here? And it's like, what do you mean? Like, what? So, like, this is my thing about Lorelai. Like, I am undecided if she, like, you're saying that, like, she knew going into this all the way. And both of them are a result of privilege. Or if she's so privileged, like she just like didn't even fucking think that like, I just assumed they would like know my daughter's like so amazing and great that they would just like offer her a full ride without ever having looked into it. Like the fact that she didn't look at when she was like, that's a lot of zeros. I'm like, the fact that you don't know how much money it is, like that's a rich people thing to like not know what the price of something is. Like you, your kid applied. literally applied. Y'all pretty, y'all probably went to tour. They probably handed you a little book. (laughs) That had the, the price apply to you. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! I felt the exact same way, um, and I've always felt that way. Where it's just like, what do you mean? Like, what? What do you mean that? Like, how were you planning on paying for this? Like, no, like you're and and to answer your question about financial aid, financial aid is a fucking storyline when she's going to college, and I'm like, okay, so like we learned what financial aid is now, but so we're led to believe that like we just didn't know what that was then and then also like if she didn't qualify for financial aid why right Mm -hmm. because i didn't qualify for financial aid when i went to college because i lived in an incredibly like high cost of like living area so comparable to that it goes 
well, I can't afford to go to co- to spend that money to go to college. But technically, based on the school that I was applying to that had far more people who are lower income than I was growing up, like, yeah, no, I was not the, of the most needy. And also, I don't want to go to school. So I'm like, give it to somebody else who's like actually going to mm-hmm. use this for good. But for that, for Shelton, Hartford, there's a spot that if, if you're fine, come on, you've, they've got the, the, the school can pay for it if uh-huh. need be. If need, that is the word, if she need be. Yeah. So either her privilege blinded knew. her that she didn't even think about it. And she was like, I just thought they would let her, like, I just didn't even think of the price tag privilege. Or mm-hmm. I was just like the fallback plan. Like, cause like, I'm not going to go out there and like lease a Lamborghini. Because the way that you act when you have a financial security blanket is way fucking different. Like it just, when you know you have someone like if need be like gun to your head, someone you can call to post your bail and like the bail's like a million fucking bucks. Like you're going to walk through life fucking differently. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to launch so many little like Etsy soap storefronts where you buy all this fucking bulk and you're like, well, whatever. Like you're, we're just, you're just going to live life a little bit different. Yes. So. Agree because I'm speaking from my own viewpoint. I know what I did. So, big Lorelai, save your tears and pain for someone else because I'm not here for it. No, not at all. The, the and then the, the 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 lack of strings attached of like the not wanting the Friday night dinners. Yeah, I do think that they do a really good job at portraying like the toxic side of like. And I'm not saying teen moms are toxic, but like when you grow up with your kid and then you have a relationship with like your parent, like it's, it's a very like muddied area. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing of like, Lorelai wants Rory to be just like her. And then is like, but I like hate my parents and I like, don't want you to get along with, them. I don't want you to like them and all of this kind of shit. Like, it's like, it's toxic parent raising another parent who thinks they're not being toxic and they're just being toxic in their other ways. Yes. You know, very much so. So, yep. Mm-mm. I'm not I, from this first episode. I'm not here for big Lorelai. And those are my thoughts. I feel personally attacked because um, we are the same person minus the. Um, no, you're not having a child. No, it's just I think someone said that they think that she definitely has ADHD. And I go, maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I feel a kindred spirit to her. So I have a couple of hot takes. I would say that I think most pilots of TV shows suck. Like there are some pilots that I'm like, this is really good. And I have a harder time with pilots that are drama or dramedy or are like a little bit more serious. Like I think it's easier to nail a comedy pilot, but pilots are really very hard and infamously. And I say this with so much love because we have friends who are on this show. The pilot of Vampire Diaries is fanfic. Like, that shit is not fucking real. Like, it is nothing like the rest of the fucking episodes. Like, they're really getting their footing. And, like, it's not bad. It's just, it's not the show. It's like someone wrote Vampire Diaries fanfic and made that the pilot. Like, I mean, it kind of is, isn't it? Because it's, it's based on a book. of the book, yeah. But when you watch it for the first time, you're like, okay, whatever. And then you, like, watch five episodes and then you, like, think back to the pilot and you go, none of this is the same. Like, it's so fucking different. And this, I will say, I think is a very, very, very good pilot because I think they did a really good job with like casting, especially of Emily and Big Lorelai. Yes. 
so they establish everything very well. And now that you're saying that this is like a renowned TV director, I didn't know that. But even the shot where she like gets the coffee and like looks up and like turns around, like it's choreographed in a way that made me go, hmm, well, I guess I can't talk shit on Marvel's face. Yes, as, as, as I was watching it, as I was watching it, I had the same fucking thought. <laughs> I was like, shit. This show has more locked off shots where yeah. Maisel has there. It's a lot of steady cam stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought about that. I was like, ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me and my glass house yes. throwing stones. <laughs> As they were going through the antique shop, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I had the same thought. I can close my eyes and like see all of the prop people standing in corners, like pushing things, like making things fall, mm-hmm. like all of that stuff. I was like, yeah. Yeah, this is exactly what this is. This is theater. This is, mm-hmm. this is theater. So I think like I'm a huge fan of the soundtrack. Like I love how they like convey everything. And I think like, even the way that it's shot and all that, it feels very different to me than like a lot of other TV shows at the time because it's a decently older cast and there's like still obviously like young people on it. But like if you compare it to like a One Tree Hill where it's like high school, this to me has like movie kind of energy. Like I think it could have also been a movie, which is my favorite kinds of TV shows, especially if ones that aren't like solely comedy. I want it to be like a TV show that feels like a movie <laughs> instead of Harry okay. Styles. It's a movie that feels Harry like a movie. Style. I think it's just like a really great pilot that like, and as someone who's watched the whole show multiple times, I think aside from one fucking thing, which I will get to in my (laughs) Rachel of the week, I think they do an incredible job at like tonally. It sets it perfectly, you know, exactly what you're getting in for. And it doesn't stray far from the tone of the first episode or just like the vibe and the characters, which I really like. And my (laughs) two other ones, the in kitchen, no fucking way that has a grade A health score. I say this with peace and love. She needs to be medicated ASAP. And there is a reason why I do not work in a commercial kitchen because that shit would be dangerous for me and the people I'm serving the food to. I will give more of my opinion during my Rachel of the week. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm watching it again and I'm like, okay, so like relatable, but like if I bleed into my food, at home and I'm serving it to Mott's like that's one thing but like I do like though that they don't make her like clumsiness like quirky so maybe in the first episode it feels like quirky and cute like no there's like severe consequences to like her like just like okay being well ups- like it's just reckless but I would just say like I think this in needs an HR department that HR department needs to sit down and be like I don't know your health history, but like I'm about to like risk it all and like you need you need to be fucking medicated. Like someone yes. get that bitch some fucking Adderall. Like ASAP. Mm-hmm. And the good stuff, not the not the pandemic shit. Mm-hmm. She's she's got but it's gonna be the good stuff because you know, this is before people were at oh, home during yeah. a pandemic and you know, getting diagnosed and then the supply <laughs> could not keep up with the demand. Yeah. Yeah. And before they started switching it to no, none of it works. Yeah. She needs yeah. to get that, that, the, uh, the original that, that good stuff. Shit. Yeah. And if yeah. she's got like some really good health insurance, like maybe the end will be like, get that name brand. And she'll be like, wow, yeah. like really get that bougie fucking shit. Cause like picturing her in culinary school, I'm like, I, how did this I, go? I have a whole rant about this <laughs> yeah. later. So. <laughs> so those are mine. And the only thing I have left is, um, my Rachel of the week, but we can read some thoughts from yeah. all of you. But before we get to that, we're going to take a break.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. 
And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got The Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back from our break so now it's time for but are you wrong and then this is when y'all write in and share your own hot takes let's start with a uh, super fan Mots. he's got thoughts yeah <laughs> Mots said that he thinks the intro shot where they're in the diner and there's a skeevy man hitting on lorelei and rory is just uh, not believable and just like a very like adult and kind of gross thing in a show that does not have a lot of like like sexual sort of things like that and I looked at him and I was like sir I got hit on and cat called more when I was under the age of like 16 yes. like this is yes this is incredibly normal like this is not like I'm glad you're looking this is like skeevy and pervy but like to say that this is not a, like no this happens to children like this, this happens, happens all the to time preteens and kid. like yes I got hit on far more from like an approached because then it's like, oh, I'm going to look really good because no one's like they don't they're not going to approach you as much when you get older because you have your brain is fully developed. So like his thing of being like that just felt like really far fetched. And I was like, that's so lovely in your brain. But also they made it so that dude was like in between their ages. Like he looked more college age to me than like yeah. closer to big Lorelai's age. But little Lorelai looks like a child so there's no excuse there but this happens like it was realistic yeah. he was like yeah. i had a friend over there it's no, like legitimately you. exactly what happens um and it made me laugh yeah i think he's supposed to be college because he's on his way to hartford yeah so that like 
legitimately like made me laugh and I was like oh sweet boy so that was um his insight to it he has so many more um thoughts but that's the only one I could get out of him late last night Mott you're wrong yeah Mott you're wrong check your privilege first of all I do not endorse calling people ugly unless they're ugly on the inside so I'm gonna start there but okay Someone says, hi, Megan and Melissa. My main hot take about the Gilmore Girl pilot is that if Dean was ugly, he would be put on a watch list for being creepy. Also, you can tell Lorelai and Rory are self-centered from Lorelai throwing the cash for Luke on the floor and neither of them picking it up or bringing it to the counter. I know they were mad, but that's still so rude. I might just be reading into it because I've seen the show so many times and all of my hot takes come later on. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not exclusive to Dean. Any man who you have swooned you, who you have like, like, if you're attracted to them and you like them, like, that's what the difference between an ick is and someone that you yes. end up with. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, I, I don't disagree with that at all, but I also think that, like, that's just most interactions with mm-hmm. especially romantic partners. And that's why, like, even exes can give you the ick when they didn't give you the ick before because you're like, ooh, right. right. Afterwards. So. I think as like a teenage boy, it was fine. It didn't bother me too much. And we, I, I do like how they introduced him too before he even said anything. The first scene when she's walking into the school and he kind of just like watches her. I mm-hmm. thought that was a cool introduction to him. I also, I love a man with like a long haircut, like a shaggier haircut. That was like, my, in the 90s, oh. if a, a boy had that haircut, I was like, Mm, Homeboy can get it. Yes, yes. And then the thing about them self-centered, I think that was totally on purpose. I think that that was a choice that was made by the directors. It was probably written into the script to show that they are self-centered and privileged. Yeah. I think a lot of people give Rory specifically like a lot of shit that like she's terrible. And I'm like, the oldest we see her as like in like the show show, not like the Netflix uh, year in life is like... 23 or something like that i'm like the worst years of your life literally <laughs> i'm like are- i'm sorry what the fuck do you mean that you're expect like she's like se- like she's like oh she's being a bitch I'm like yeah she's 17 mm-hmm. or like she's 19 like she's 20 like i like the fact that like they show i think as an audience it's our responsibility to like not look at that and be like wow these like women suck or whatever but like they show like that like growing up is like it's it's messy and not in like a a redemptive arc every episode kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact with like, if you have a child, when you're a child, you are going to be emotionally stunted because like you've had to take on a role too young. And so like, I also like that you see Lorelai grow up. You don't think of someone who's like 32 when you're younger than that, like watching it like as they're them growing. But like Lorelai also grows up a lot. You want to read the next one? Yeah. So this is also a Dean critique. So the way Dean talks to Rory in the pilot about him noticing her, et cetera, is a bit like, you're not like other girls to me. I personally would have liked Rory to have more female friends and have more girl power in the show as it does seem a bit like she's not like other girls. Example, in the pilot, the girls in her class while well, painting their nails and she's like, ugh, she's doing homework. And it also is a bit off to me combined with other stuff, which to be fair, was very of the time. I very much agree with that. Her friend Lane, mm-hmm. she has like a good character arc of being like, well, okay, I kind of want to be like another girl realizing like these things I'm kind of making fun of. I agree with with that a lot. Rory to me has, you know, those people who like academics is everything. And so then everything else is like shitty. And I grew up with people in school like that who 
were very, very, very smart and like would look down on anyone else like that. And then they would be like, well, I'm going to have to college. Like then I'm going to like party and all that stuff. And it's also like book smart, which I watched the first like five minutes of, never finished. You can be like hot and popular and pretty and fun and go to parties and also still be like smart. That is like an absolute mindfuck to Rory. That's what I mean. Like it happens all the fucking time. Like there were kids at my yeah. school who like would end up getting into Ivy's and other people wouldn't get in or would get to the, into the same school. And they would be absolutely pissed off and floored that these people who they look down on and they're like, well, they fucking party and they've all a social life. I'm like, yeah. And they're still just as smart as you are. That's which which movie book smart. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, agree. I agree. Because what annoyed me the most about that scene, it wasn't her actually doing her work. It's that they're sitting there passing fingernail polish, which that smells. It smells. There's no way that the unless the teacher's just fed up with them, there's no way that the teacher would not acknowledge that that was going on. Yeah, I think it's supposed to represent like, look at this delinquent school, like this public school full of all these like plebes and peasants. They're painting their nails in class and not studying. She has to go to the private school. But it's like, what? Like, okay. It's also funny to me that they, I feel like they're trying to show Stars Hollow as like a town in which no one's going to go to college. Like this is like high school is like dead end kind of thing. Like if she wants to go to Harvard and do all of this, and it's a very, very, very gorgeous town to the point where there is an inn that she is able to make a living off of full time because of tourist distractions. So like mm-hmm. the idea that the public school there, that it felt like they were trying to paint it as like it was an obvious choice. Like, of course, she would have to go to the private school because in a way that like it's because she's smarter than everyone, not in an elitist way, like not in like that kind of way. When in reality, it's like, no, you want kind of an elite education and so you want to have experience with elite education before you go on to like an ivy league education like so i just think that the nail polish scene like that was like very unnecessary to me because it just doesn't add up it's not detention like you paint your nails in detention like that's what you do in movies when you're just like depicting someone in detention like right that's not a fucking thing at all maybe it was one that like smells where you like it smells like good like it's like a flavor one but that's only after it dries yeah what i dislike the most about that trope and things is like if you're smart here, you're still doing well. So you can't say that the environment is bad when you're yep. still doing well at the school. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I feel the same way about it. But I think that Amy Sherman Palladino is like what Lena Dunham like thinks she was like writing girls. Like Amy Sherman Palladino writes what she knows. And that's like what a lot of writers do. And there's a little more self-awareness in that than mm-hmm. I think Lena Dunham's. Yes. And I think you'll see that even more in Maisel too. Yeah. Because she's I, called out all the time. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Oh, I was also going to say, this is obviously not in the pilot, but for anyone who wants to keep watching, there are these two characters who get introduced, Madeline and Louise. Like, I absolutely love them. And it's so funny to me because like, I went to public school, but I went to like a really, really highly ranked public school, very academic. Like people went to like very good colleges. And children's a private school. And like, they have these girls who are like, oh my God, they're like so ditzy and like whatever. Like, it's very much uh, share from Clueless giving the speech. And it's all of that. And then I think like they end up going like, oh, where are you going to go? It's like Tufts. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is like this comparison thing is just wild. But yeah, and sadly, you know, who's not in the pilot, one of our favorites, who is another favorite who's crossed over between the Amy Sherman Palladino universe and into Shondaland. Shondaland, yeah. Liza. Oh, yes. she's, yes. by the way, She's fucking phenomenal in this role. And the most sexual tension that Rory's ever had with anyone is with Paris. Her um 
character on Maisel is like this cool like hip woman in the 60s that's like a boss ass bitch and I didn't they have her in a lot of makeup and they're trying to make her look older so I didn't recognize her at first but I was like I know that voice I know that voice and then she kept Bonnie (laughs) yeah I was like I know who that is she's so good so 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 good all right we're gonna take another break and then we'll be back ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
And it is now time to nominate our worst of the week, worst of the pilot, worst of the episode. And this is no hate on any of the actors, obviously. No. This is, it's character choices. Yeah, the thing is, is that like, if everybody in a script is happy and makes all the right choices, then it's boring. That's not a TV show. Mm -hmm. So this is not a knock on anyone. This is just this person. Yeah, you have to have people that are not great. All characters should be That's why everyone watches reality TV. (laughs) Yes. All characters should be flawed. Who wants Mm -hmm. to see a perfect character? Even the ones that are quote unquote perfect have flaws. That's why we could never have a TV show that's like just about like a documentary like following us because like Mm -hmm. we're so perfect that like it wouldn't be that interesting. Yeah. It would just be so aspirational. Right. Right. So my Rachel of the week, I mean, it's still medium Lorelai because she is this person's boss, but true nomination is Suki. (laughs) This woman, I don't care how good of a fucking cook you are. This is the kind of restaurant you go to and you are just enjoying your meal. You're like, ooh, this is so good. And then you pick up a fork full of Band-Aid. And it's like, you can see that the Band-Aid is a little faded because some of the juices from the blood that has soaked into the Band-Aid has cooked into your food. This woman Mm. broke a Viking oven. Do you know how terrible you have to be on a Viking oven to break it. These things cost thousands of dollars. They I'm gonna tell are you right now. We did have a Viking oven in our last place, and the pilot light did go out, and I did break it a little bit, but I didn't all the way break it. So it's not. It's pretty hard. It's pr- it's, pretty, it's hard. pretty hard, especially if it's an industrial one that's in a yeah commercial kitchen, kitchen. a commercial kitchen that is being used the fact that the people that are working around her are constantly putting out fires Literally. catching things sa- saving their own lives and then medium lorelei is enabling all this yeah. is terrible it's awful this woman as megan said earlier needs to be medicated <laughs> yeah. I was looking, and Megan also said this, but this was a a thought that I had pre this. I was looking and I was like, there's no way this woman finished culinary school. There's no fucking way. They kicked her out on the first day and said, go back to learning how to cut. Mm -hmm. You can't even do that. There's no fucking way that she is the head chef of some place and she's like usurped other people. There's no fucking way. She would not make it past being a line cook. No. And so I'm I'm asking because I don't know. Who are her parents? Do we ever? She was raised think, by no. wolves. Did she, she was raised she come by from privilege. <laughs> I don't know if they've just been buying people off. No, but here's the thing. I believe that she's a fantastic, fantastic I chef. She's a fantastic I chef. just don't believe that the health department has signed off on no. the circumstance of the kitchen. I like they must have had to hire a fake Suki or like they, they they had to do something to get a rating that lets people dine there and eat there. Or at some point, someone she gets a little less clumsy. And so I like to think in my head that specifically the uh, sous chef who's like getting fucking frustrated with her as she's on the floor being like, Suki, I think that he has obtained a prescription from Adderall and he's been putting it into her orange <laughs> juice every morning. Like I just I am determined to believe that because they get a lot more opportunities and she's she gets less clumsy and she works she succeeds more and like less chaos happens this is not the beginning of the, the end of the chaos like it reaches a peak 
And I think at that point, she has been medicated, but has declined to um, share that with her workplace. To disclose it. <laughs> yeah. The clips that I've seen, do they get a restaurant of their own later? Yeah, they, they open an inn, okay. their own inn. So what I've seen is that they're in their own place and she was calmer there. And I was yeah. like, what is this character arc? What is her growth? Does she get it's medicated? Adderall. It's a psychiatrist intervention. <laughs> it's, it's, psychi- it's big pharma. Big pharma stepped in and said, okay, this is too far. <laughs> Maybe the FDA saw that and they were like, okay, you know what? I was disgusted watching this because I was like, there is no way that she is that good. Like she can be good, but she can't be so good that people are eating band-aids. Severed fingers. The people that work with her are just like combing through the food before it goes out to make sure that there's no fingernails, no fingers, no (laughs) band-aids, no anything like a burnt spoon could be in there oh yeah oh yeah 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 so i obviously very much relate to suki and this is why i don't work in a commercial kitchen because um the amount of times i've made parachute and i've accidentally melted a spatula into it and i go where did my spatula go and i look and i go "Uh uh-oh but like specifically though this i saw it in a different light because i did watch it after i shattered three glasses in my hand when you held up your hand earlier (laughs) today I literally thought, oh, God, Megan's going to relate to fucking Suki. (laughs) And then when you told me that it was in the kitchen, it made it worse. And so I thought less of you momentarily because I was like, no, no fucking way. But the thing is, I just this is what Suki should only be doing, which some chefs should do. They just develop the food, put the recipe down and then hand it off. She should be coming in at nighttime when people aren't ordering room service like late at night, developing her recipes and then handing it off. She can be walking around, just walking, nothing in her hands, in her chef outfit, talking to the client. Like, do you enjoy? What can we do? Like, that should be her role. I do not need to see her cooking ever. Not during the day when when the kitchen's busy, people are having lunch and dinner. Not when there are liabilities for this. No, absolutely the fuck not. I just need her medicated. That's all I need from her. I need her medicated. And again, as you've seen in that clip from the future episodes, I firmly believe that there was an intervention made. I don't know with who. Suki, canon, I'm saying it right here. Suki is definitely on some stimulants by the end of the show. She's If they she's, aren't showing, they should they should have shown it. They I've seen a Suki it. I, I would like to see it. I, w- I would like to see it. Because, you know. Remove the stigma. <laughs> Yes, exactly. That could help others. No, it could have. All I could think about, which me and my contamination issues. Oh, no. Thinking about what's going down in that kitchen. Yeah. And here's the thing. I, as someone who's currently on Adderall, that does not work that well, but like it still is. It's it's better than nothing. If I'm looking at Suki and going relatable and in the same sentence, I have said multiple times people that I would never be able to actually work in like the food service industry because washing and cleaning things is 50% of the job, which I'm like, that's not fun. Like, I just want to do the fun part of the cooking and then I'll clean afterwards. Like, I don't want to have to. Which is part. I know that this happens. It's a home cook. In kitchens, people get cut all the time. But no. I'm not starting fires. she She was the most with the least. She broke a fucking Viking, a commercial Viking. How much do those things cost? Melissa, so much fucking money. There's no way that it would have just been brushed under the rug. How? Well, I guess that's showing medium Lorelai's privilege more. She's like, oh, whatever. But she doesn't own that one yet. Still, she's the manager, though, right? Yes, she is the manager. It. (laughs) 
we eventually meet the owner of the inn and she gave Lorelai a chance and that's who like they lived in the shed there at that inn oh, and gosh. that's where all of it came up so Lorelai did work her ass off but it's not like she went through like 15 different jobs <laughs> she like it was pretty pretty seamless as much as it could be at a minimum that oven costs eight thousand dollars at a max twenty thousand so I didn't look at the exact oven if I looked at the exact one I could tell you because they <laughs> don't look the same none of these look the same at all but I'm guessing it's the pro style yeah this was the one 20k and medium Lorelai's just like huh, it's okay oh, Suki so quirky I have to say most McCarthy is one of like the nicest nicest celebrities I've ever met. I um, worked with this, kind of my mentor for a while, this woman named Angela, who had Melissa McCarthy in like one of her first acting things. And she just talks about like, they're still friends and talks about how genuine and great she is. I met her at the Golden Globes or the Emmys, Golden Globes, Golden Globes. I think it was the Golden Globes. And we were like waiting because people were like, it's like the people are taking pictures and like we're having to like stop and wait. And so I was like with her and her husband for like 10 minutes. And I didn't know that we were going to be stuck there Bing. like waiting. Yeah. And I just like had turned to her. This was the same day that I saw everyone was like, oh my God, Channing Tatum. And no one wanted to get a picture. And I was like, I'll ask in a picture. Like if you've heard anything about my taste in men, like <laughs> Channing Tatum is, he seems like a lovely guy, but like, it's just like not, not who I'm like way too nervous to say anything to. So I was like, sure, I'll get a picture, whatever. And the brand I was with was like, oh, please do it. That'd be great. And then it was the same night that, or the day that I saw Michael e. Jordan. I was like, ah, and he goes, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, okay. And so then I saw Melissa McCarthy and her husband and I thought we were just like passing by and I just like turned and I was like, I'm so sorry to do this, but like, I just have to tell you, like, I absolutely love Gilmore Girls, your role on it. Like, I'm so glad that you got to play that. Like, you were so good. And I just like love following your career. And she's like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Like, I, you're so young. You watched it. And then like, we we're there for like 15. And I was like, oh my God. And like, we're talking about the weather and her husband. They, they were just like so kind and so nice. And I was like, oh my God. And I think I told them about the Michael B. Jordan thing. And she was like, fair. I would have done the same thing. And I was like, yeah, he's hot. So I just love her. A lot. I think she's a great actress. Because somehow, even though Suki's doing all this stupid shit, I still love her. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what's yours? Mine, I'm nominating Dean. And that is Jared Padalecki. And I'm not nominating his performance. I am nominating whatever the fuck this character is. And I've said this so many times. And this is not going to be as prevalent to you because you haven't watched like the rest of the show. But they've committed the crime that all pilots have and they were so close everything was perfect like i said in my like original like that's like a perfect pilot they killed it all except for goddamn fucking dean so we meet dean he's got the long hair the leo howard hair which i'm like leo never cut your hair short you got to keep that little like romantic like oh soft boy like i'm a little like ooh swoopy like wonderful he's doing that and he's been watching what we're presumed to be like the smartest girl in school. She's like reading Moby Dick. Also, Mons like laughed at a lot of like the literary references when he was like first watching this. And he goes, this is like, he's like some of these like shore land, but like, I don't technically believe like she's a huge reader. And like, she's reading some of these things for the first time. And like, we'll have kind of an ego about like her intellect. He's like, this just feels like she would be a little more obscure. He like comments on what she's reading he's like her peer in that sense. Like she's not like other girls and he's not like other guys. Like the other guys are throwing around the football. Like there's a fucking shot of like Dean sitting under a tree, like reading. Melissa, when I tell you that this man, I don't know how long they kept up this ruse of like, Dean is also an intellect. Like they're cut of the same cloth. They're both 
these like brainiacs and bookworms stuck in the school of jocks and cheerleader. This man is legitimately stupid. And that is his character to the point where the next guy that she dates, it's like they took the same breakdown from Dean and switched it. They go, well, no. Dean never matched her intellect. Her and Dean have nothing in common. He's just one of those brawny guys. She's the brains. They have nothing to talk about. Dean's never read a book. She needs to go with the other guy. I'm like, I'm so sorry. What? So did you write this? Or was this a pivot from Dean of pretending to be this like smart dude? It drives me goddamn fucking crazy because it's it's like, why? Just just why? If he's going to specifically go for like the innocent private school girl, like smart kind of girl vibes, like, okay, sure. That makes sense to me that he's like also an intellectual dude. And he's not. He's just supposed to be kind of pretty and there. And then he like legitimately grows up to be not bright at all. At all. He's like there the whole time. Yes. Oh, I thought. I don't know why, but the way that people describe the boyfriends, I thought they just kind of came in for six episodes and then left. No, it so Lorelai more so, but Rory, the, they do a good job of writing it. When you are under the age of 25, there are very seldom is someone going to come out of your life that you've hooked up with and then leave fully. Like there's a lot of common and crossing over. There's a lot of that where you're like in high school, we used to just say like, well, already done it once before. Who's to say I did it again? Like, okay, and what? That really, really, really pisses me off so much because I also think that like he's a good actor and I think that like he plays it well. And I just don't know why they were so close to being an absolutely perfect pilot where the characters are who they are and then they grow and they evolve. But like, there's no like sudden like total shift and change where you're like, what the fuck? This makes like absolutely no sense. But I swear it's like, it might even be episode two that it's like this man has never read a book. And I'm like, a network note. That's what I'm going to give that. The network gave the note. I have to say that. It just pisses me off so much. And I fucking hate it. So I would like to nominate either the network or whoever thought that we are going to fucking pivot from Dean being an intellect who comments on her of reading Rosemary's Baby to a legitimate himbo. Like, he's like canonically unintelligent. It's like, am I just supposed to suspend it? Okay. Because if he's smart enough to lie and fake it, then like he's not stupid. Yeah. Were they going to make it so like he saw what books he she read and then he went home and looked up online to like get the Cliff Notes version. So he had like his opening line to talk to her. But then that's also like you're not stupid then. Yeah. But like Melissa, when I tell you like he gets supremely stupid. I did watch like five minutes of the next episode. Mm -hmm. I have thoughts already on that, too. Like, what the fuck was she wearing dropping? Melissa, that is my favorite outfit. Little Lorelai outfit. I would wear it every day. Why? I know, but she's trying not to. Like, that would be fine. Like, if that's what you're trying, but you're trying to come off different. All she had to do was belt that coat. She would have been fucking fine. Mott screamed at the the TV when he saw it. He goes, put the belt on. And I don't care. She didn't have any other shoes at home. Well, that's confusing to me because I go, did you bring your shoes to the dry cleaner? I can understand about the clothes, but you didn't have one jean. Or a legging? Regardless, belt and put some different shoes on. It would have been perfectly fine. Yeah, throw some tights on. For all people knew could know, she had on a skirt. Yeah. Did you get to the part where they like insist she takes her coat off? No. I just yeah, because she to. does tie it up when she gets there, but then they insist she takes it off. When they get out the car and they're looking for the building, it's open. Yeah. I know that one. You're very close to meeting our girl, Liza, then. No. That's where you meet her in the hallowed halls of Chilton. Yeah. So 
my final thoughts on this show are it's fine. Like I could, I like shows that have a little more action. Yeah. It's so dreary. <laughs> like it, The coloring gets better. There is a specific tone that they took with the coloring and it didn't translate. It's better on the DVDs. It doesn't translate incredibly well on streaming for the first seasons. Like, I remember it looking a lot better on older TV, like, before. But, mm. like, it does look a lot... Like, specifically, like, dreary is the word. Like, the first couple of episodes in the first season itself is just desaturated. And I, I think it's a technical thing. Yeah, it was just... But it did feel very much of the CW times of the pacing of the show. Also, the, you know, when it was shot in the 2000s, early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, it just felt it was that pacing. So things have changed. Things are a little bit quicker now, but it was fine. It was fine. I could put it on and just have it in the background while I'm doing other work. I think you would enjoy from like a screenwriting perspective. I think you would enjoy like probably like season three, season four, maybe even season like season. Yeah, it's probably season three, season four. I think you would enjoy like some specific ones for how well they're written. And in the sense that like, they get into it. This is the slowest they ever talk is in this episode. And like they mm -hmm. famously, their scripts are twice as long. Like their scripts are over a hundred, they're around a hundred like, pages. Scandal. Um, yeah. And they like have to talk fast in order to do it. And I think like, I think Lauren Graham quit smoking because she couldn't keep up. And so like they really had to do all that. And that, they ease the viewer into it. Like if you just started on episode like season three, you'd be like, you can't understand a word they're fucking saying. But they get into that. like, And that's why I've called it the talking shows because exactly. that's what I've seen is the I later episodes. Change. Yep. <laughs> I also could see where Amy was there and where she is now. Like it's it's still the same person, but they've just evolved. It and has her mark on it. Like it yes. really does. Mm -hmm. It's a unique show in the sense that like the, the same kind of like quaint small town not in like the, not in like specifically in the dreary sense, but in the, like, it's relatively low stakes circumstance mm -hmm. and location and like lifestyle that like we don't really get on TV anymore. So like there, I think there's part of the reason why that's like so nostalgic for people similar to like friends where no one's really leaving anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like they're not like in their place, they're all hanging out. It's not a bar. Like it's relatively tame and like, PG in a lot of those like senses that it has that kind of comfort feel for a lot of people. I don't know many people who've watched it into adulthood for the first time who have the same thing with friends. Like I it's it has like that nostalgic kind of comfort yeah. feel. I'm excited for you to watch Maisel. I know that you're not excited, but right, I'm, I, think, I'm, I think you're gonna like it a lot. I think I probably will like it a lot. And that will be my cross to bear. Mm -hmm. They do talk fast on that too, but I don't know. It's it's more, it's comedy. Like it's it's punchy. Maisel is very much a um, dramedy, whereas this okay. is just drama with some comedic characters that add to it. But Maisel is punchier, and like I would even I think that when they have put it in for awards, it's just been comedy and stuff. But so it's yeah, like it's more it's a hour long comedy that. <laughs> So, well, that will be next time. Yes, I'm excited. But uh, yeah, this is I understand why people like it. It's a fine show. So, yeah. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this. That is our first ever. But am I? 
<laughs> whatever we're calling it. But am I watching? Mm-hmm. And okay. you know what we did? We watched it. We watched it. Yeah. I watched it on Sunday. Just laid back and watched it. Oh, that's nice. I watched it this morning. Again, for the 10,000th time. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be fresh, even though all of my takes were already predisposed. But I mean, some people wrote in stuff because they thought it happened in a pilot. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, a lot of that. I even thought that for some reason, I thought her first day of Chilton was in the pilot. But then I was like, oh, no, that's definitely the second episode Mm because of the whole outfit and everything. So it's a good one. Amy Sherman Palladino, you've done it again. Top hats off to you. And next week, we'll be back for another one of yours. All right. Uh, We'll... Circle back. back. Let's try to time it. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson.